Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is Wednesday, it is August 9th, and we pop on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by Josh Kendall with The Athletic for an Atlanta Falcons conversation. Josh, it's Bob and Kayla today. How are you? Good, how are y'all? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to the conversation here. And I I think we have to start with the quarterback position. Last year, it was Marcus Mariota. Then a switch was made to Desmond Ritter. So what has been the biggest difference that you've seen from Desmond Ritter at the end of last season to camp so far? And to that point, where does he need to continue to make strides? Well, it's tough to say how how he's been different just because you're as, as much as they try to simulate game situations, you're not getting that. I can tell you that they've been happy with what they've asked him to do in terms of getting them into and out of um, all the various formations that they run, which is more than most teams in the NFL. He's handling the pre-step snap stuff really well. So they're pleased with that. I think the next step you need to see him make is his accuracy. He was second in the league in off-target percentage throws last year in those four starts. Accuracy was a concern of some of the scouting community when he was coming out of Cincinnati. So he's got to prove that that's cleaned up. And if it is, I think the Falcons will be very, you know, happy with what they get out of Desmond River. If he's accurate, he's got dudes to throw it to. Uh, Drake London and hopefully a healthy Kyle Pitts. How's Pitts look so far? He's looked fine in the limited action that they've given him. He, he did almost nothing in 11-on-11 work against the Dolphins the last two days. They're down here for joint practice. Um, and he probably won't play Friday when they have their preseason opener. But that that's part of the plan. They'll ramp him up slowly. Out. He'll play some in the second and third preseason game, and they expect him to be fully healthy by the time the season starts. How impressive has B. John Robinson been in person, and how great of a fit will he be with this Falcons team, especially with Arthur Smith, who isn't afraid to run the ball? Yeah, he's been very impressive. And the the moment's not too big for him being a top ten pick and kind of being um, at the center of this. How valuable is a running back debate? It's not too big for him. Um, he's handled that with you know with a plum. I think his um, his talent speaks for itself. And and this is the ideal situation. I think that for a couple of reasons because he can play a lot of positions, and the Falcons will put him in a lot of positions. And I think he's got a chance to be a real difference maker in this team's wide zone scheme. That's their base run. They run the ball a lot of ways, but their base run is the wide zone, the outside zone, whatever you want to call it. And Bijan's got the skill set that fits really perfectly in there and can take some of those wide zone runs that are blocked, that might be blocked for 8 or 12, and take them 25 or 30. I'm curious. They also have Tyler Algier, who played at BYU and had a monster game back in the day against Arizona State. Uh, Algier rushed for more than 1,000 yards, uh, averaged nearly five yards a carry last season. Robinson has these pass-catching skills. So how's the distribution plan going to work between those guys? I still think you'll see Tyler. You might see Tyler Algier lead this team in carries this year. Now, that's different from touches because Bijan will get a lot of work in the passing game. I think that they will try to keep the wear and tear off of Bijan. Uh, you know, they they view him, you know, they're trying to think about year two, three, and four with him and not just this first year. So, I don't. they're not going to run Bijan into the ground. I still think you'll see Tyler get a lot of work. You'll see Tyler get a lot of work at the goal line where he's just a load to bring down. Um, so I, I think that they're very complimentary. They, you can see how those pieces fit well together. 
Sticking with the running backs here, is there still a role for Cordell or Patterson on this team? Well, they put out a depth chart yesterday, um, which means virtually nothing. And Cordero was the was the starting running back on that depth chart, and I I think that kind of speaks to his role. Is he's not the starting running back on this team, but they want him to sort of carry himself in that role, lead that room, you know, take some of the pressure off Bijan and Tyler, who's still a young player. And Cordero, let's remember, was drafted as a wide receiver, played almost has played almost all of his career at wide receiver. This is not a super deep wide receiver running a wide receiver room in Atlanta. There'll be some snaps outside for Cordero Patterson, but I think you're going to see his touches, his overall touches go down from the first two years in Atlanta, just because they don't have as much need to give him all those touches. Falcons have had five consecutive losing seasons, haven't made the playoffs since 2017. They've had double digit losing seasons the last three years, but they spend money on uh, free agents in the off season uh, including uh, former Cardinal Calais Campbell back in the 20, uh, 2008. He was a second-round pick in 2008. Which free agent do you think will have the biggest addition this season for Atlanta? Well, I think Calais could be on the list. I think you've got to look at the defensive line because they needed so much help there. The problem with picking out one guy is they added so many pieces. They added Calais, they added Bud Dupree, and they added David Onyemata. So, I think that those three guys, as a, if you look at them as a unit, that's the biggest difference in terms of the personnel this team has had. Josh Kendall with The Athletic, talking all things Atlanta Falcons right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Also defensively here, what's the latest on Jeff Akuda? He was brought in in the offseason to help at that corner position, suffered an ankle injury in practice. So what's the latest on him, the injury, and when he could be making his return and, and how big of a loss that could be? There's a possibility. They got good news on Jeff. There's a possibility he could be back week one. Um, somewhere in the week one to three range is when they expect him back. So they're just trying to keep him mentally engaged and make sure he's ready. Um, it's at this point, it's hard to say which one of you know where he'll land in that in that range. They added Jeremy Bates from the Bengals. How's he fit in? He's obviously considered to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. You know, I think they want him to tie that group together back there. They've got some young players that they like, but they've added, you know, they added Jeff Kuda, they added Mike Hughes. That secondary group is, 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 is a new unit, and I think they view Jesse Bates as a guy who can unify that group in the meeting room and who can also tie it all together on the field because he's so versatile. He can play in a lot of different roles, and they're going to ask this. They're going to throw a lot of different coverage to people and do a lot of different things. So I think they think Jesse is the guy who can kind of run that back there. Overall, defensively here, there's a new defensive coordinator in town, Ryan Nielsen. So what is his philosophy? Is it drastically different? Is there an overhaul, or is he kind of just a fresh voice, uh, some, some new blood here to continue forward with what has already been established in Atlanta defensively? He's a pretty new voice. Um, I, you know, It'll be different. It'll look a lot more aggressive for a couple of reasons. Number one, because he, he's a lot more aggressive, especially on the defensive front in terms of how he's going to ask those guys to play than the way they were playing under Dean Pease. Number two, he's, number two, he's just got the personnel to do it. That's going to be the biggest difference. So, you know, Dean Pease was handicapped in a lot of ways by the personnel he had the last two years. This is a team that's going to be able to get after the quarterback and is going to get after the quarterback a lot more than Atlanta did in the last two years. You mentioned they're having joint practices this week with the Dolphins. What's uh, the Falcons coaching staff hoping to learn from that? And uh, has anybody stood out to you so far, either this week or the first couple of weeks of camp? 
I think John looked good today. Um, you know, you can see you can see why they like him. You can see how he fits into this offense. They wanted to come down here and get a look at a different team. You know, at this point in camp, everybody just wants to see somebody different. I think they like the fact that they're going up against a Vic Fangio defense down here because Fangio's had such an impact on the league that you see so many elements of a Fangio defense throughout the season that coming down here and spending two days going against one is really valuable. Josh Kendall with The Athletic right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra points. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about Bijan Robinson, obviously, as being the stud of the rookie class. But the rest of the Falcons rookie class, you have Matthew Bergeron, Zach Harrison, Clark Phillips. What sort of roles are expected out of those rookies? Well, Matthew Bergeron right now is working with the first team because Matt Hennessy is out with an injury. And probably Matt, Matt, Matt Bergeron Matt Bergeron will have every opportunity to hold on to that job going into the season. Zach Harrison's not a guy who's going to play a ton because of those free agency additions on the defensive line that we talked about. He's made a big impact in the last two practices down here. He showed what they thought he was going to be, which is a big physical disruptive guy. So I think that they're really happy with what they see from Zach Harrison with the plan that it's going to come to fruition on the field a year or so from now. Okay, I want to go back to the wide receivers here. You know, Drake London, who you know we saw at USC back in the day, and also the health, hopefully healthy Kyle Pitts. Do you think Ritter is accurate enough to get the full you know amount of you know skill level out of those two wide receivers? You know, I, I, that's an open question, honestly. The Falcons think yes, the Falcons say yes, but until you see it happen on a, on the field. Uh, in the regular season, I don't know that we can say that. Um, that's something he's still got to prove. A box he's still got to check. Uh, speaking of Kyle Pitts here, he's an incredible talent. Uh, he did have injury last season here. But in general, how can he be more involved to showcase his skill set? In addition, tight end room-wise, they bring back Jonu Smith, who has ties with Arthur Smith uh, from his Tennessee days. Will that kind of resurrect Smith? How's that tight end room and that offensive uh, production from that room kind of shaping up? Well, I think where they've got to get more out of Kyle Pitts is, is, is in the red zone. This is a guy who's had three career touchdowns. That's not what you envision when you take him number four overall. Some of that's injury-related. Some of that's quarterback accuracy-related. But it's the facts are the facts. He scored three NFL touchdowns. They've got to get more out of him in the red zone. And John M. Smith, I think, gives Arthur Smith a real comfort factor because they really got close when Arthur was coaching in Tennessee as tight ends coach. He's a very versatile guy. He can play anywhere from fullback to split wide. They've got another uh, veteran in Michael Pruitt, who's sort of a mini John New Smith. He's the guy that um, he's the guy that filled the role last year before John New Smith came in. Arthur's got a real comfort level with him, so I think you'll see Kyle Pitts be featured. And then behind that, you'll just see some of these guys who can wear a lot of hats in John New and Michael Pruitt. All right, last one for me: uh, the Falcons' consensus win total for the 2023 season seven and a half wins, so over or under seven and a half. I think over. Um, this is a team that spent big. They're in year three. Their offensive system is sort of fully in place, and they play in the NFC South, which should not be a murderer's row. Um, this is this is the time for this regime, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, to win. This is what they've been building toward. You know, in, in the NFL, three years is, is a long time to, to build a program, so to speak. So this is the year it needs to pay off for Atlanta. If they're not north of seven and a half wins, there will be a lot of question marks about whether or not these guys are going to be around into the, the distant future.
That leads into my last question here. Arthur Smith has been the head coach since 2021. What have you seen in terms of growth from him as a head coach? And is he uh, still in a rather solid position or is the seat getting warm? No, he's fine now. Arthur Blank's team owner still very much supports him, very much believes in him. But if if it's another 7-10 and season, then you're going to start to see some doubt waver. He'll be around for year four almost certainly unless something just crazy happens. But if they don't top seven and a half wins, he'll go into year four firmly firmly in the hot seat. Josh, this has been great. Thank you so very much for the time, and we'll catch up with you down the road. Thanks for having me. Once again, he is Josh Kendall there with The Athletic talking all things Atlanta Falcons.